What's up, Graham? Wow, looking fancy. Mm. I miss you, man. I miss you too, Graham. The last time I spoke to you, you were on a crane. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and what's, what, what's going on there? So um, we actually just got the green light from the captain himself. And uh, I am going to do, I'm going to shoot crane jump 2.0 tomorrow. It's going down wow. on the 6th, which will be tomorrow. Do you want to talk about it? Yeah, we can talk about it. Yeah, we just got all the approvals today. We did our inspection session the other day where we just walked around on the boat. And it's it's sort of the same uh, height and same uh, size as the one in Cape Town, which is like eight, almost 10 years ago. So I think it's pretty good with an update. It, fe- like it feels little, like... Uh, like yeah. yeah, exactly. It feels like... Uh, you know, when, when Jesse won King of the Air this year, um, it's it's so many years ago that he actually won. So he needed a, 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 he needed his, his, his title renewed. And that's what he did. And that's what I feel like I have to do with the crane. <laughs> and that's that's what I'm doing tomorrow. And I cannot wait. We've just been going through the, the scripts. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty different compared to back then, because back then we had the GoPro Hero 1, and then we had this, this little uh, Sony Handycam. And uh, fast forward 10 years, now we have, you know, con- uh, drones that controls themselves, and we just have, you know, all these uh, GoPro Maxes, and it's going to be a pretty, uh, pretty sweet production. And that's what we're you doing remember, now. Remember the first time when you jumped off that crane, because you've jumped off the crane twice, a lot of people don't know. And the first yeah. time I filmed it from the beach and um, then we went surfing afterwards and then they broke into your car and stole all the camera cameras, GoPros, everything. It was yeah. like this never happened. Yeah, that was the first, that was the first jump. And then... Um, and no one believed dude, so you had to do it again. Yeah, it's some dude, he filmed it from, from the Endless, Endless Summer House back then. And uh, he published it um, on his YouTube channel from a from it was like a handicam of some sort where he was all zoomed in on digital zoom <laughs> uh, so it looked a bit, it could it could have been fake um and a lot of people called it a hoax and stuff like that so i thought well we got to do it again and we got to film the whole thing again so i did it uh, the year after and um yeah this this time is just going to be so different because it's 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 such a copy of the one that was sitting in, in cape town uh, but this time we actually have a pretty, I mean, there's a crew on board, so we need to go through all these health uh, forms and stuff due to uh, Corona. I saw you even wearing like, masks and gloves yesterday on the boat. Yeah, we had to wear like a big mask and gloves and stuff. And uh, we weren't allowed inside the boat, so we could only stay outside because there's, you know, all the workers from the Philippines and the States and Turkey and stuff. This whole, you know, I think there's like 35 people working on the boat. Now they're just loading it with cargo, and then it has to go from Copenhagen to a different place in Denmark uh, on Thursday. So the window that we have is tomorrow. So it has to go down tomorrow. And luckily, the wind is on our side. So, I mean, it looks like it's surrounded by... Oh, that's what... Yeah. Right now, it's it's uh, on the dock. So now they're just busy loading it with cargo and, and stuff. And then they're going to anchor it uh, between uh, mainland and a small island. So it's just going to be anchored out there. The wind direction should be all right. It might be a little gusty, but 
we got we got to we have to try. So we have a window tomorrow at between twelve and four, where it just has to happen. So now we're just busy aligning everything and all the camera guys and charging drone batteries and stuff. And this time you're not gonna have to climb the crane. They're gonna the cranes. So you gotta get on top, and it's gonna it's gonna take you up to the top. Yeah, it's gonna be way easier. This is like a, this is like a crane jump business class. <laughs> like the, the the crane operator, I spoke to the crane operator, and he can bring the crane all the way down like this. And then the only thing that I have to do is to launch my kite and keep the kite at twelve, and then climb a ladder and jump onto the to the roof of the the crane uh, operator's house, and then just walk out the crane and then he's gonna he's gonna rise it like this all the way to the top and then i'm gonna fly off so it's wow. it's uh i think you could probably do this <laughs> even you could do this we say this every time and then it always ends up with you jumping and me and me launching you and filming <laughs> story of our lives story of our lives so how old were you when you jumped off the first crane that's 32 minus 10 26 <laughs> so no how, i think i was like 22 or 23 or something how different do you approach things now compared to like then you, there was just like a spur of the moment thing where now this is taking plan preparing everything's a lot more safer yeah is your mind space different to how it was 10 years ago yeah it's, it's funny because i actually spoke to marie about it this morning and uh it hasn't changed it, it it just hasn't changed at all. Now I'm only I'm just thinking about the script. I'm thinking about batteries being charged. I'm, I'm thinking about SD cards being being uh, not being full and and stuff like that. Uh, back then I probably didn't you know think that. But um, jump wise and climbing wise and risk wise. Yeah, I got two guys who want to say hi quickly. Yeah. <laughs> These guys just coming to dropped in. Come say hi to Nick. Oh, hey, Daddy. <laughs> hey, what? <clears throat> What's happening? Hey. hey so, ooh, look at what? you, gorgeous boys. He, he is gorgeous, huh? Yeah, you both yeah. are. Thank you. These guys are coming. How's, your, how's your hand, Jason? Nasty. Can you can you spread them a bit more? I just want to see up close. <laughs> I already fell off the skateboard this morning and fucking spreaded them. Shit. Oh, what happened? 22 stitches. It was a good party. <laughs> 32. <laughs> like, I left counted 11 internal ones and there's like 20 on the outside. <laughs> These guys are going to go. Jason crashed his car in the bushes. So he popped a tire, let all the tires down. So now they're coming to pick up tools so they can go rescue the, the vehicle. Yeah, that sounds like Jason. Yeah. Another, another day. My phone's ringing. Chaos always just happens all at once. We've got three, four missed calls. Busy man, huh, Craig? That's how you lose <laughs> your hair. Sorry, back to back to your your crane story. Yeah, so coming back to what you asked, uh, I don't not not a, a whole lot of changed. Um, I, I do I do look a bit more into risk assessments and stuff, but this one is going to be it's it's not going to be a, a a tricky one in that way. I hope. Let's see tomorrow. It might. And is Lewis filming you? Lewis is producing the whole thing. So we have, I think, five video guys, two drone operators, and we have a few boats just sailing around the, the big ship. And then we have a still photographer and stuff. Um, so yeah, it, it should be a, should be a pretty, uh, 
pretty cool jump. What gear are you going to be using? Uh, I'll be using uh, North Orbit 12, uh, preferably. Let's see what the wind does tomorrow, but I'm going to bring my 10 and my 12. It should be around 20 to 25 knots. So I prefer having a, a bigger kite that's a bit more stable in the air. Um, and uh, and then just enough enough wind. Um, so hopefully the 12 kit is, is going to do the job tomorrow. Fun times, man. Are you feeling a bit nervous or are you all good? Uh, I'm all good. I only get nervous when I land. Then I realize what just happened. Right now, it's not in my mind, it's not going to happen. I just, I don't think about that. Okay, this is what's going down tomorrow. I'm just planning everything except for the actual climb and the jump itself because that's just going to happen all naturally. And then as soon as I land, I get a bit, ooh, that was wild. They forced me to wear a helmet. So I'm going <laughs> to go look for a XXXXL helmet today. <laughs> Your first time with a helmet on. Yeah, <laughs> so maybe I should actually just uh, put the max on my on my helmet, but then it's yeah. gonna race. It's gonna race from the bottom of the camera down, so it might just erase me. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a ghost. It's a ghost jumping. And then we can just put my face on instead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and finally do something cool. How, how many times have you said that? Have you told told me that? <laughs> we just put time. my face onto your body. <laughs> Um, what is your first memory of kiting? My first memory of kiting? Uh, I don't remember. It's too, it's too long ago now. It's too long ago. It's, it's more than half a laugh, lifetime ago for me now. But if, I was actually in the, at Sunset Beach in Cape Town. At Sunset Beach in Southwest. It was unsure. That's where I had my first lesson with the uh, Bruce. How old were you? Sixteen. So I was I was flying I was flying the kite onshore winds and um, it was pretty chill. I, I flew the kite and you know moved back and forth and then uh, a big military helicopter. You know that big army helicopter that cruises around Cape Town. <clears throat> that came by. That came by and it was super super low and that that wind hit the kite at some point. And I totally freaked out because it was so scary. I didn't know what I was doing, but luckily nothing happened. Yeah, that was, that was my, I actually had a lesson with Bruce, um, a super nice lesson. And I was, you know, just super excited to get going and stuff. And then my, me and my dad, we drove to Langaban every single day for like a month. We would drive like an hour up there, kite for like, just wait for the wind the whole day. And then we would kite for like 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and then drive all the way back. Um, that's how I that's how I started with my dad, and I did take a lesson. I didn't just start as as you shouldn't do without an instructor. Was your approach to kiting different to most people? I mean, the fact that you got such good kite control and stuff. Did you fly the kite on the beach a lot? Were you just playing with a kite? What did you do differently? Yeah, I, I just always flew the kite. Didn't re it didn't really matter the conditions. I would I would just always put the kite up, and I I do that even even today. You know, like if there's any wind, I would head to the beach, and if I can find like a small dune or something to jump off, or just flying the kite is still it's almost still as fun as it was back then. I would say, uh, but now it's all about photo shoots. It's all about getting the getting the right shots and stuff. So it's um it's a bit different uh, compared to back then, but uh, I still do really enjoy it i was kiting on a 12 the other day and it was like three or four degrees it was freezing cold i was wearing like big mystic gloves and a, a hoodie and a fat wetsuit and stuff and 
it just wasn't nice, but it was still fun. You know, I still I still had fun doing it. So I think that's what kept me in the in in the sport for so many years. The uh, the strive for something bigger all the time and something higher and something faster and stuff. Who's the most exciting person you've ever carded with? It I think it changes. It that changes quite a bit. It depends where you are in the world and what you're doing, what you're shooting, what you're I think kiting kiting with you, not that I have to say it. No, I'm not this this is from my heart, Gray. This is from my heart. Heart <laughs> confessions. Yeah, I think kiting with you is, is, is always fun. You know, we always uh, mix it up and it's not like we're training training one trick for like an hour and a half just to, to nail the trick. We're always like looking for a bush to jump or a tree to jump over or something to, to climb or, you know, kiting on each other's backs and, and stuff like that. Because, you know, kiting for me now, I wouldn't go to a spot and try and pick up a new trick or I always look for, for you know, different obstacles or, you know, something fun. And that's what we share. That's what I share with Kevin. That's what I share with Jesse. That's what I share with a lot of all the all the other guys. So depending on the spot and, and um, the conditions, it's, um, I just enjoy kiting with, with inspiring people. If you could take someone kiting or give someone a lesson, anyone in the world, who would it be? I think your mom. <laughs> yep. We'll go right into that one. <laughs> no, I think that would probably be, uh, who would it be? I think maybe my own mom. That would be fun. But if I have to pick like a politician, you know what? I would probably pick Trump. I would go for for a, a session with Trump, and <laughs> then I would. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go into details what I would do. But um, yeah, maybe Trump. Uh, if you could cut one spot for the rest of your life, where would it be? Cape Town. Do you have any irrational fears or phobias? Sorry. Do you have any irrational fears or phobias? What's the best party you've ever been to? The best party? Uh, probably one of the after parties at King of the Air. Those are pretty fun. And uh, and the Dirty Habits habit parties in Cape Town. Those are, are special. Um, when did your career change? Like, when did your career blossom? Was there a moment? <clears throat> I think um, I think when I picked up a, a sponsor that could actually sustain the lifestyle that I wanted, I realized that... that um, that this could change uh, my life in a pretty radical way. And, and that happened when I was like 22, 23 years old. And, um, and that's when I realized that, okay, if, you, if I put, a, put in the right amount of, of work and, and stuff, I could actually make a, a decent living or at least just some sort of a living out of it. And when you're 22 or 23, I'd pick it up pretty late compared to Kevin and Jesse and Aaron and Ruben and stuff. I mean, they've been pro since you know they were uh, when i started when they were like 15, 14 15 16 years old um so i picked it up pretty late and i think what i realized was that you know coming from like a, a real job back home and then having to earn money washing dishes or whatever and then all of a sudden going to brazil for two months and then just train for a slim chance or back mob or whatever and then coming back and then have it have, then i you know spend all my money on on the trip and then I picked up a sponsor that actually paid me every month. And then I could, you know, pursue what I, what all the other guys uh, already did. And uh, that's when, when Kevin and Ruben and Aaron really inspired me to, they, I think they, they pretty much, pretty much uh, showed what 
life could be. Um, especially for me, like I, all I wanted to do back then was just to travel and kite, nothing else. But I just knew that I could travel for like maybe a maximum of a month. And then I would have to go back home and uh, get some sort of a job just to earn a little bit of living to like book another like selling Christmas trees, washing dishes, uh, cleaning stuff and just stuff like that. So having, having that aspect in my life, it's, uh, it's pretty cool uh, because now I, I really, as soon as I picked up a sponsor that paid me every month, um, I realized that, uh, that that was actually pretty, pretty cool. Uh, cause I've, I've, I've tried the opposite, pretty thankful for that, that I actually tried to, you know, do uh, something that I didn't like just to earn a bit of, of living and then, you know, uh, pursue my, my passion. Coming back to the question, um, as soon as I started earning a little bit of money with, with kiting, uh, everything just changed for me. So I'll be traveling all the time, doing photo shoots. And I just, I just didn't, I couldn't really believe that that was uh, possible, um, that you can actually make a living from your passion. Somehow I, I did and I, I still do. And um, so, yeah, I think I'm, I'm just super thankful for where I am today compared to where I was back then when I picked up kiting. Yeah, so what would you say is the hardest part about this career you've chosen? Seeing as though you make it sound, it seems so glamorous to everyone. What would be the hardest part about it? <clears throat> the hardest part for me was, uh, was losing uh, grounds in a way. Like I would always, I, w- I always told myself that Every time I do a trip, I would always have to come back to Denmark to see my family, just to maintain my friendships with all my friends and and stuff. And then at some point, it just got to to a point where I was just sitting on a plane all the freaking time, where I I didn't. I mean, luckily, uh, you know, uh, we can stay connected on WhatsApp and Facebook and and Instagram and stuff like that. But I think realizing at a, at a point where I, I missed uh, certain things in my in my life back home um that's when i realized okay this is actually a pretty serious job where you you try i mean yeah i don't know it it sounds it might sound stupid but it's making money off of your passion is great but only to a certain extent depending on who you are i guess for me it it, it was just too much with all the travels and all the photo shoots you need to to go to and all the I mean, I would, I would, I would be in Denmark for like maximum a month out of a year at some point for like two or three, three or four years. Now it has chilled a bit more down, um, not only just because of the Corona, but before that, I, I just <clears throat> made a decision that I need to spend more time back home. Now I, I have a, you know, a super serious girlfriend. I bought a house, all that stuff. So you know, coming back to my base, uh, recharging the batteries, and then fly out and then just execute whatever you have to execute. Um, it's just so much better now when I realize that coming home between the trips, recharging my batteries, you can actually put in, you know, double the amount of, of uh, effort in what you have to do. So that's, that's pretty, pretty, uh, pretty cool that I got to that stage where I can actually, uh, that I realized that I have to do this because otherwise I would just be sitting on a plane from country to country or location to location. That got a bit shitty at the end, uh, all the traveling. Um, yeah, I think that's that, that's about it. Uh, I mean, it, it is pr- it is pretty cool living off of kiting. So how much, how far are you looking to getting back to traveling now after this lockdown? A lot, a lot. I was talking to a friend the other day um, 
and we're both like holy macaroni we need to travel again i, I'm, I was i was uh, i had a dream the other day uh, where i woke up and the dream was that i was just uh, i was sitting in a plane and then i i clipped my seatbelt on and that was such a good feeling <laughs> and then i woke up and i was like what how the hell can that be a good feeling clipping on, on your seatbelt in a in a plane but you know that's it was i was just so used to stuff like that you know your routines at the airport you would go to this cafe that you know you would get your sandwich there you would get your juice you would do whatever you have to do buy some some bullshit gadgets and and buy a magazine that you would never read and stuff like that just all the routines at the airport i was i really miss sounds stupid but i can't wait to actually do that again how many trips have you missed so far uh I missed three important trips, um, but I think I probably missed like eight or something. But but those trips would be, you know, flying down to Cape Town to give you a hug, spend 10 days in Cape Town waiting for the wind, and then just party too much because there, there wouldn't be any wind, and then fly back. So those are the less important trips, uh, career-wise. Uh, yeah. But human heart-wise, those are the most important. <laughs> so what's the first thing you're going to do when you... When the quarantine's over, when the lockdown's done, um, I think book a trip somewhere and just kite my ass off. Just kite every single day for a week and then fly back. So That's what we're gonna do. Warm and sunny. Yeah, exactly. Hey, you look super sexy. Hello, Nick. It's so nice to see you. Also, you goodbye too. Down to Germany. Mwah. Mwah. Bye. 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 Good luck. Also, look, I have a prison tattoo. It's because I'm a gangster now. They've been getting tattooing each other during lockdown. <laughs> nice. I'm going to leave the last real gray. 20 questions out because I think you've answered enough. It's all the coffee that I drink in the morning. Now, when, uh, when I'm a household, you have any, any have great my... talent, any secret talent that no one knows about. Yeah, I do. Look. <laughs> Bye, Nick. Bye, Gray. Bye, enjoy. <laughs>